When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. To our designated and dedicated golf show, part of the sporting capital on SEN. So much to talk about in the wonderful world of golf and no one better to do that with than the former world number 16, the only man, I don't know if you know this, with a 2-0 and record against the great Tiger Woods in match play golf. I speak, of course, of Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Great to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. I can't tell you how glad I was <laughs> to see you when you walked in the door and I said, we've got an hour of golf coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the day that it's been in, elsewhere in sport, I, I've never been... More excited. And you know how much I love golf, which I is why do, we do yeah. this show together. Yeah. Never have I been so glad to be speaking about golf. I, I'm sure. Much better than football at the moment, At right? the moment, yes. <laughs> at the moment, yes. Hey, there's a ton to get through, as there always is. Um, we've got a new sponsor on board, so I'm looking forward to uh, introducing them. We're also going to be speaking to the boss at Big Swing Golf to find out a little bit more about the brilliant work that they're doing in the best golf simulator business uh, that there is on offer. Um, there's more live... Of course there is. There's always more live. There's a big announcement about the uh, the tournament that you are a director of. There is. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm involved in the tournament committee, yeah. Very um, big announcement, which we'll talk about Very later. big announcement in the... Uh, the Cathedral, the Cathedral Invitational. Invitational. Yes, the Monday, Tuesday after the Australian Open, December 5 and 6. We'll, but we'll talk about that more later. Absolutely. Hey, um, it's been a, a big week uh, in golf, and we, whilst New Zealand isn't technically ours, but, but our but our cousins from across the ditch. Uh, so we're always very happy when we see Kiwis uh, succeeding. And a very popular player on tour, uh, Ryan Fox, it's been a big week for him. Yeah, it certainly has. It, uh, at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, which has played uh, at St Andrews, Carnoustie, Kingsbarns. It's a, it's a pro-am format, so very much like the... The Pebble Beach tournament, I guess you'd say, in the US where they have the AT&T Pro-Am. So every pro partners uh, an amateur for three days. I've had some amazing experiences there. I've had some some great uh, great partners over the years. Here, here's a good one for you. One of my partners one year was uh, was Mr. Peterman off Seinfeld. How's that? Seinfeld Are you character. for real? Mr. Peterman, do you remember him? Mr. Peterman. Elaine's boss, oh, right? <laughs> that is unreal. Yeah, John O'Hurley was his name. He was an amazing guy, just one of those larger-than-life characters, and it was blowing 50-kilometre-an-hour wind. I'm digressing here, by the way, but his hair never moved for three days. It was fascinating. We, we have to get some Peterman <laughs> grabs, which we will play by the end of the show from Seinfeld. Oh, Elaine. Oh, that, did, you did you go. get him to do... Elaine? Yeah, did you, did <laughs> you get him to do some of the stories from the Peterman catalogue? Well, he, there's a couple of good ones, but it, it's too long. It, it's too short a show to go into them all. And, but I want to oh. talk about Ryan Fox right now. And I, I digressed a little bit there, but that's okay. Uh, it was a great win for Ryan. I mean, he's had an outstanding year. He's had two runner-ups, uh, a third already, and also a win already this year. So this was his second win of the year. I've got to admit, he was pretty stiff to miss out on the President's Cup. 
Um, and interestingly enough, on the other side of the pond, another guy who was a bit unlucky to miss out was Mackenzie Hughes, and we'll talk a bit about him in a while. Yeah. But Ryan Fox uh, goes out and proves his point, I guess you could say, where he won the Alfred Dunhill, one of the biggest events on the, to- in, on the tour, and usually his playing partner is the late, great Shane Warne. They came second last year. In the team event? Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's his typical partner over the last few years. Warney has been a, an amazing um, amateur player in this event. He's supported it. He, it's one of his greatest joys that he used to play golf in this tournament year after year after year. There's a number of cricketers that do play there. Kevin Peterson, Michael Vaughan. Um, Joe Root was playing again this year. I had the great pleasure one year of playing with Steve War as my partner over three days. Now, that's that was cool. an experience. And the other two guys we played with, over the three days was Ian Wooseman and Ian Botham. Can you imagine the stories that were told over those three days? Oh, I can only... The mind boggles. Yeah, it's, it's one of those events that all the pros look forward to. The only downside is the, the rounds are a little long. You know, they go for about five and a half, six hours um, lengthwise. So, so they take a little while, but to play those golf courses, to stay at St Andrews, my family and I would always go there. It was amazing. But Ryan Fox played some great golf down the stretch. He played a beautiful round of golf. Last round, he shot 68. He had a three-shot lead with two to go. Mm. Came to that famous road hole that we know, we, you know, what Cam Smith did earlier at the Open Championship where he knocked it behind the bunker and made one of the great pars. Ryan Fox had a three-shot lead playing with Alex Noren. Alex has hit it to about six feet, and Ryan's having a bit of a mare um, on the hole. He sort of missed the fairway left, wedged it short of the green, popped it on, and he's in danger of making double, and Noren may make a, make a birdie here, and all of a sudden that three-shot lead could go, but luckily Alex uh, missed his putt. Ryan ended up making bogey and retained a two-shot lead playing the last. I think actually it was a one-shot lead because, um, as it turned out, someone else had made a birdie and got within him. But he parred the last, and it was a great win for him, and I don't know if we've got the sound grab of him with uh, what he said afterwards, but it was just uh, very emotional for him and his family because his dad was the great... Um, uh, what do you call it? fly half? Yeah, for the, the All Blacks, Grant Fox, Grant Fox yeah. obviously a legend of uh, of rugby, and uh, he had his whole family there. And what a wonderful experience it was for him. Brian, your second win of the season has come at this iconic venue in a marquee championship with your mum and dad watching. What does this mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. To be honest, the only person I can really think of at the moment is Warney. Um, yeah, he's, he meant a lot to me in this event, and uh, it was a great mate. And it's a yeah. It's a terrible shame he's not here, but um, I'm going to enjoy celebrating this one with the family. Did you feel his presence out there? You said you hoped he was with you? Yeah, there was definitely some luck out there. Um, Obviously, I was pretty nervy the last three holes. I didn't hit very good shots, to be honest, down 16, 17, 18. But, um, yeah, he was was definitely helping out at putt on 15. You know, the tee shot on 16 could have quite easily kept going and it stayed in. And, um, yeah, he's just, he was definitely out there with me today. You started the day four behind. You were three ahead after 12 holes, six under for the day. It did get tight towards the end. Tell us what you were thinking, what you were feeling as those last few were unfolding. Um, it's just trying not to make mistakes. I'm, I knew where I was, and it's a hard golf course to do that. It's almost an easy golf course when you're chasing. You feel like you've got some chances, and you know, bad shots really penal those last five holes. And um, I was... Yeah, as bad as it sounds, I was just trying not to hit really bad shots and uh, thankfully I got away with it for the most part. You started the year 213th in the world rankings. You're now projected to 25th. You will be making your Masters debut in April. How excited about that possibility? I haven't had a chance to think about that yet, but I'm sure I'll get a few messages about it tonight. That'll be 
yeah, unreal. Um, uh, yeah, words can't describe any, anything at the moment, to be honest. And in position to potentially be the number one player on this tour, challenging Rory McIlroy, because you're now, I think, in second or third place in the DP World Tour rankings. So how excited about the possibility of going there with challenging to, to be the number one? I mean, that was, I wouldn't say it was a goal at the start of the year, but it was certainly a goal after the, the mid part of the season. And um, it's been a tough couple of weeks and it was, yeah, nice to find some form again. And, um, yeah, hopefully I can challenge Rory at the back end of the year. And, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't really, I don't even know what to say, to be honest. Many, many congratulations. Fantastic plan, mate. Well done. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Ryan Fox, um, an emotional win uh, at the Dunhill. Yeah, it was it was a great uh you know, a great result from him. He had a bit of a lull, I guess, the last month or so, which is possibly why Trevor Immelman didn't pick him for the President's Cup. But I thought he was really hard done by. I mean, he was top 50 in the world and they went all the way down to 115 or so, Taylor Pendrith, who ended up playing in the President's Cup and he went 0 for 4. So I think Ryan Fox or Lucas Herbert or, or Mackenzie Hughes, who we'll talk about shortly, um, may have been someone who I think who, who could have quite easily done a little bit better than uh, Taylor in the President's Cup, but it, so be it. But the beautiful part about this golf tour, this tournament itself is you never know what conditions you're going to get. And day two was some of the worst conditions any golf pro has ever played on the European tour. I mean, it was raining cats and dogs coming down sideways, blowing about 50 or 60 kilometres an hour. Some great footage of Rory McIlroy laughing his head off as putts were hitting the hole and popping in and bouncing out. And he made another charge again. Uh, Rory's just playing some incredible golf. He shot 66-66 over the weekend for a for tied fourth. I mean, his, his results since the Masters, I wrote these down earlier because I was just astounded by I mean, it's almost, it's Tiger-esque in a way. I mean, Tiger would probably have a few more wins because Rory hasn't won as much as Tari, uh, Tiger has, has done in the past. But since the Masters, he's played 14 events. He's won twice, had nine top fives, and in his last four events, he hasn't finished outside the top four. So he is playing some yep. incredible golf. And for me, he's, the world ranking shows he's number two, but he's definitely number one on the world ranking at the moment. Now, Ryan Fox moves to number 25, his highest position ever which is so cool for Ryan. I mean, I'm really pleased for him. He's put in so much hard work. And he ended up winning 25 by... 25 in the world. 25 in the world. For a New Zealander, that's... that. Well, for anyone, that's really good. Yeah. Nothing against the New Zealanders. It's his third European tour win, and he's yeah. lost two playoffs before as well at the uh, Irish Open in 18 and the Dutch Open uh, this year. Yeah, but the the, the, the tournament itself, is, it's so unique. And, and funny, I was talking about Alex Noren uh, earlier. He needed to eagle the last to catch to catch Ryan Fox, and he hit this tee shot on 18. I don't know if you saw the footage, but it, it went out of bounds, hit a railing, and then bounced onto the green. If he had made that, he almost made the putt for eagle. If he had made that putt for eagle, Ryan would have been going, are you kidding me? I mean, come on, that just doesn't happen. But on, uh, on day two, when I said the conditions were horrific, one of the pros, Alex Knapp, you would have been quite happy with this, Sam, because you may have had this score before for nine holes, but he shot 52 for nine holes. Oh, That's that quite a few. That makes me feel so good. On the back nine that at St Andrews. That makes me feel... <laughs> I, I had uh, 42 at uh, Kate Shank uh, <laughs> on the weekend, so that makes me feel a whole lot better. Yeah, the average score on day two for the three courses was about 77. So for golf, that shows you how hard the golf courses are because most of the times you're shooting around 70, 71, the, the average uh, scores. The first round leader... Uh, Frenchman Romain Lagasque shot 61 the first day at St Andrews. Second day, he shot 80. So 19 shot differential. I think that's the biggest in the history of the tour almost. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? 61-80. Yeah, I felt the same, but just didn't quite have it. <laughs> is, that, is that like when, uh, was it uh, Greg Chappell saying, I'm not out of form, I'm just not making runs? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the, the 
ball just keeps finding the edge of the bat, unfortunately. Yeah. We had a big Aussie contingent. We had 14, uh, 14 Aussies. Unfortunately, only two made the cut, and that was uh, Dave Michaluzzi, tied for 36, and Maverick Ancliffe. Uh, tied 61. Jeff Ogilvie making a bit of a comeback as well. He shot 66 the first round, had a great start, but then the weather hit the second day and he unfortunately ended up missing the cut. There were, you know, if we're going to talk about it, there were nine live golfers looking for those world ranking points Ooh. again. Uh, six of them missed the cut, unfortunately, but the two guys, Peter Uline and Louis Oosthuizen, finished tied 10th. So they'll get some world ranking points moving up there. Uh, so before we uh, get to the break, um, PGA... Tour results. Um, again, it wasn't uh, the strongest PGA field. No, it wasn't. That we've it's, seen. It, this is the country club of Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, for the Sanderson Farms Championship. In Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. I, mm. I used to play that event. Uh, it's sponsored by Sanderson's Chickens. And you know what they give you? Well, they used to give every player because I was the there. They gave you, <laughs> have you, you know, the big green egg? Remember those? The big, uh, yeah. the big cookers or grills, whatever you yeah. want to call them, barbecue. Yeah, they get every player in the field a big green egg. Really? That's imp- and they were worth about $1,000 over there. So that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of big green eggs. I just would have assumed chickens. <laughs> yeah, you would think. But uh, Mackenzie Hughes played beautifully. He won in a playoff from uh, Seb, Seb Strucker, um, who's, again, for Mackenzie, it was a bit of a uh, President's Cup disappointment. And he sort of mm. said afterwards in the interview, well, you know, I, I used it as motivation uh, third round leader Mark Hubbard, unfortunately, he fell away. We had, you know, the lone Aussie in the field was Harrison Endicott. Got off to that great start last week. Yeah. He missed the cut, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah, shot a seventy three and a seventy four. Yeah, but this is the second event of the new season, the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three. So the field wasn't as strong as you normally get. Um, but again, week after the Presidents Cup, all those top players they're having a bit of a break, a bit of a rest. And and this next week coming up is the Shriners event in Las Vegas. You're going to see more of the stars coming, like Patrick Cantlay's, those type mm. of players. We've got a couple more Aussies playing in Lucas Herbert, Cam Davis. And I just saw also uh, a big news for the Ruffles family. Ryan Ruffles just Monday qualified. So he got into the tournament as well through the Monday qualifier. And what that means is they have four spots on a Monday that about 150, 200 players can try and qualify. You usually yep. got to shoot about seven or eight under. And he shot a really nice round to get into a playoff, a six-for-one playoff, and he ended up getting through. So Ryan Ruffles is going to play a PGA Tour event, which is huge for him because he's an outstanding young talent. That's my coat. You mean? Yes. I'm Jay Peter. That's the man that Nick Ahern <laughs> played the Dunhill Teams event with. John O'Hurley. He was a ripper. Mr. Mr. Peterman. Oh, Mr. that Lane's boss. And there are people just texting through, AG, it will always be Myanmar for me. Uh, he is, <laughs> I can't do the voice justice, of course, but uh, keep sending in your Jay Peterman quotes if you're a Seinfeld fan. That is just would have tickled your fancy as much as it did mine. Uh, plenty to talk about from a live point of view. Um, the, there are more and more people pushing for peace uh, and we'll talk about that uh, on the other side of this. Uh, the likelihood of it, though, uh, is low. <laughs> we will address the live elephant that continues to be in the room and has no signs of going anywhere. On the other side of this, off the tee, Nick Ahern, Sam Hart, SEN. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, welcome back to Off the Tee. You can get involved with us at any stage, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or you can text in 0433-981116. Nick Ahern, as there is every week, uh, there's a bit to talk about uh, when it comes to live. Um, 
the PGA has countersued Liv. So we know that uh, the Liv Tour had filed the federal antitrust lawsuit in August, claiming players were banned from the PGA events for playing in the Liv, which is the uh, Saudi royal family-backed uh, tournament that Greg Norman uh, is the CEO and, and the head of um, and in charge of. So the PGA Tour has countersued Live Golf, claiming that the breakaway competition offered astronomical sums of money to sports wash the recent history of Saudi atrocities and enticed players to break their contracts mm-hmm. with the PGA. Live has executed a campaign to pay Live players astronomical sums of money to induce them to breach their contracts with the Tour in an effort to use the Live players and the game of golf to sports wash the recent history of Saudi atrocities and to further the Saudi Public Investment Fund's Vision 2030 initiatives, uh, the PGA Tour claimed. Indeed, a key component of Live's strategy has been to intentionally induce tour members to breach their tour agreements and play in Live events while seeking to maintain their tour memberships and play in marquee tour events like the Players' Championship and the FedEx Cup playoffs so Live can free ride off the tour and its platform. What did you think? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just catching up on the story. It was something about tortious, inter- tortious, is that the right word? Tortious interference with the contract. So, yeah, it sounds as though the PGA Tour is saying, look, you guys, you know, we, we know you're going. You've done it. You've been paid a lot of money to go. And it seems to me as though their players that have gone are trying to then entice other players to go as well, which is obviously not in... Um, what would you call it? The uh, in fairness of <laughs> in fairness of the game or the sport to bring other players across because when you play for the PGA Tour, you are you are signing a contract in a way to participate on that tour and abide by their rules and regulations. And part mm. of that is not to play other tours without uh, consent, and then also not to entice other players to go as well. So, yeah, I mean, again, we're suing, we're counter suing. This is going to drag on for a long, long time, and. There's a lot of money involved, obviously. Liv hit back, uh, saying that the justice system will right these wrongs. They perceive the PGA has committed. The tour has made these counterclaims in a transparent effort to divert attention from their anti-competitive conduct. With Liv and the players' detail, which which Liv and the players' detail in their 104-page complaint, we remain confident that the courts and justice system will right these wrongs. So this will just be keep going back and forth and on and on. Um, Rory McIlroy, though, says he believes that it's still possible for men's professional golf to become cohesive again after an ugly year. And it's interesting that he talks about men's golf because Greg Norman has said this week that a, a, a women's live tour is at the forefront of his mind. Okay. That's which, interesting. Again, be very interesting. Uh, but he, Rory believes that after an ugly year beset by bitter rows between the uh, the US and the European tours and the insurgent live series, that it is possible to become cohesive again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. I mean, Rory, he, he's looking, I think, you know, long-term. Uh, he's going, obviously, this is just fracturing the game. It's 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 splitting it in half, in, in two halves, three halves, whatever it is. I was reading more of his comments, and he sort of said, look, at the moment, it's probably not the right time for a tool like this to be here. He said he can see how it would work in the future uh, down the road, but... They have to meet all sorts of criteria for this to be a uh, recognised tour where there's world ranking points. Players can qualify to get on this tour. That's one of the you know the sticking points I think with a, a number of players because they're saying, "Hey, we've got 48 of the best players in the world." No, you don't. You've probably got about 10 10 really good players. Another 15 to 20 
reasonably good players and then others that, you know, have never made a PGA Tour mm. cut in their life, like, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Peter Uline and uh, Pio is another one and some amateurs that are playing on tour there. So Yeah, there's only um, three players. Um, sorry, there's, there's four players now, including Phil Mickelson, Ian Poulter, Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, um, who have withdrawn... They've dropped from out the of the antitrust lawsuit. lawsuit. Yep. Uh, so they were among 11 players who initially sought those punitive damages. Um, so Jones, Brosson, DeChambeau, Peter Ulon are among the players that are still suing. Um, yep. But Carlos Ortiz, Pat Perez, uh, Jason Cockrack and Abraham Anser previously bailed on the lawsuit as well. So it doesn't leave many left, but uh, Liv have said that nothing has changed. Uh, that the merits of the lawsuit they believe still stand and will be fully tested in court and we look forward to it. Um, Mickelson uh, pulling out said that uh, I'm focused on moving forward and extremely happy to be part of Live, which also grateful for, but also grateful for my time in the PGA Tour. Interesting yeah. that there's a guy who's a major, major golf backer, yeah. um, and a, and a huge sponsor of golf is asking them to throw down your guns mm. to try and find a, a, a common ground. So. Greg Norman's got no interest in dealing with the PGA. Jay Monaghan, the tour commissioner, has no interest in um, speaking to Greg Norman. Um, but there's a, a man, Keith Pelly. Uh, sorry, Keith Pelly's the DP World Tour commissioner, uh, yeah. commissioner who's going to wait till February before handing down his sanctions. Um, Pelly uh, has said that he would only entertain involvement from the Saudi-backed Live Series if they acted as a sponsor within the sports ecosystem. Um so, Johan Rupert, who's invested more than $100 million into the sport for over four decades. He was uh, the sponsor of the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, which was just held, yep. Yeah, so he's, he's the chairman of, now is it Richemont? Yeah, Richemont. Richemont, a multi-billion dollar Swiss luxury goods maker. Um, they've called for peace talks between Liv and, and the PGA. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting call by, uh, by Johan there. Yeah, so he... Part of their Richemont is is Dunhill, obviously the luxury goods brand. Mm. So he's a he's a multi billionaire South African businessman who's been involved with the game for many many years, and he's good friends with Ernie Els, Ratif Goose, and a lot of the mm. South African players over the years. And he's held that held that tournament for year after year after year. And I and I and I know Johan, and he loves the game of golf, and he wants everyone to work together. And obviously, he's seen some of his South African you know, cohorts gone to there, like Louis Oosthuizen and, and Brandon Grace, who are playing on the tour, Charles Schwartzel, they're all good friends of his. So he's, he's sort of looking, okay, how can we get this to work together? I don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, I know Keith Pelly, the European commissioner, would love for these live players not to be playing his events, but mm. the, law, the courts have said for the time being, yes, you can come and play our events. So, you know, there are players, as I said, there were nine players that played the Dunhill Lynx Championship this week. Peter Euline, interestingly, he was an invite. So there was an invitation for him because he, he was ne never going to qualify for the Dunhill Lynx. But obviously, Johan Rupert reached out and said, hey, do you want to play? And he rewarded him with a top 10 finish, which was a great result for him. Jeff off the text saying PGA Tour are clutching at very short straws here. That's in relation to their countersuit. Um but the, the gentleman we were just speaking about, uh, Johan Rupert, said there needs to be a cessation of hostilities which are threatening the future of the game we all love. People need to talk to each other to find a solution. That, as you said, seems highly unlikely at this stage. But the prospect of the media deal that looms for live, which is getting the odds of which are getting shorter and shorter that that is actually going to come to fruition... That'll give the tournament the shot in the arm and the credibility that at the moment 
with showing their tournaments on YouTube, it mm. doesn't quite have. If it gets it, it'll change the landscape. It will, in a way. Um, the interesting way that they are getting it is they're going to pay for airtime. So usually the networks, mm. you know, pay the PGA Tour or the European Tour, they offer them money for the rights to air the golf. Now, unfortunately for Live Golf, um, no one's offering them anything because no one wants to televise it. Now, I have a feeling there's probably a favour or two called into um, you know, the, the Fox Network, which is who they're talking about at the moment, to say, hey, can you, can you air this for us? And, and Live Golf are actually going to buy airtime, which is, which is the reverse. And that's what yeah. happens when you have unlimited funds and you can spend all that money. Now, you know, I've heard, again, figures of like, I mean, on YouTube, they might be getting 100,000 people watching the Live Golf events at one particular time. I've also heard for, a, you know, one of the biggest college games in football on Fox Sports, they're probably getting about 300,000 people watching. So if that's the case, I'm not sure they're going to get massive viewership on, on this Fox Sports uh, network that they're going to televise it on in the US. So time will tell as to, to what happens there. But it is a, a bit of a shot in the arm and something for them to, uh, you know, to get to get their uh, golf televised. The other, so the other, so we, if we, if it came to be that there was a, uh, by the way, we just had a couple of people trying to call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. links back behind the phone. So if you wanted to have your say on uh, anything in the world of golf, uh, please do so, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But if that, if that comes to pass, that not only would they get, the, the airtime they're buying from Fox. But if they got another backer to come through, mm. that, that makes them a player with already the talent that they've got on board. So the more, so it's just another step forward though, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. And, and if you keep taking marginal steps forward, sooner or later, um, you, we're going to have to, and, and, and the PGA and the DP are really going to have to, start instead of seeing it as a nuisance that they hope goes away or that they can just not not bully's not the right word but that they can just sort of overwhelm mm. and outdo mm-hmm. well that's probably not going to be how it works i mean if this thing sticks around and it gets a tv deal and then starts to get backing whether they people start buying the teams and have like a IPL style ownership of because it's a team golf and then the, the the team golf is there that's the unique aspect to it that not only do you play in, as a as a solo entity you play as part of a team and they're hoping to try and sell off those teams well then then you become a fixture it's certainly yeah no i i totally agree um the thing that's against them and i've sort of said it all along is is the world rankings so they're not going to get the validity of these players having an official world golf ranking because they are not getting any world ranking points. They're falling down and tumbling down the, the list uh, you know, as we speak almost. I mean, Dustin Johnson's probably maybe even outside the top 20 in the world rankings at the moment. But the thing... Cam Smith dropped to three. He's number three, which is not much of a fall. But the, the problem is, and, and I know they're calling for world ranking points. You know, we, we should have world ranking points now, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen for at least a year, maybe even two years, before, because they're not meeting any of the criteria at the moment. It's mm. three rounds. There's no cut. There's 48 players in the field. There's all this list of criteria, about seven or eight points that they have to meet. Now, now they may meet one or two of them. There has to be a pathway to get into the, the Live Golf events, a qualifying system to be able to, to get into these things. Now, 
you know, they, they talk about, well, the, the World Golf events, for instance, the World Golf Championships, they don't have a cut and, uh, you know, that, that's a limited field. Yes, that's true, but they're also part of the PGA Tour and that's uh, four events out of 48. So it's like one-twelfth of their tour and, and there has to be a, a, li- a minimum amount of events maybe that have these, you know, n- no-cut sort of fields and, and that sort of thing. They have all these other events which are full fields and all and have the cut seventy two holes et cetera et cetera so so they meet the criteria obviously in those ways and then there's also like the hero world challenge at the end of the year tiger woods event twelve players only play fifteen players only play that and they actually do offer world ranking points now they went through about a six or a seven year process to get those world ranking points they never had it world ranking points in the beginning so so there is a process to get through and I think they're going to have to change their criteria. Um, mm. But they can do it at the drop of a hat. They can make it a 72-hole event and they could maybe up the fields, maybe make a two or a three-round cut or something like that. Who knows? On the flip side of that, the biggest threat to live is, is the decision that the majors will all make eventually. And Tiger Woods, we say this every week, but Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are campaigning really hard, um, or ca- campaigning with, with everything they've got for the majors to pull the pin on the live players participating. Because at the moment there's, I think, 12 major winners um, on the live tour. Mm. And that gets them exemptions yep. to, to play the tournament, the, the major that they won for the, rest of the, and then for the rest of their life, but then also the others for the next five years, depending on when they won. So Cam Smith, for example, he's covered he's the covered majors for the next, for the next five, five years. Yeah. But if they said, actually, no, we're not honouring that now because you're not part of the tour that you were part of when you won it, Watch them all jump ship. Watch well, them all come running back, I well, would have thought. Yeah, but the PGA Tour are going to go, sorry, but you made your decision. You've been well... Do you think they'd do that, though? Uh, it wouldn't surprise the me. The names that <laughs> have have left... I don't think they're going to come running back either. That's the thing. You that, don't think so? Well, because be, the lawyers would be licking their lips if that happens. That's the interesting thing. I mean, I, I think the Masters is the first cab off the rank next year in April. Mm. We're going to see what happens there. That'll be a big call. Uh, John's on the road. G'day, John. Yeah, thanks, Buzz. Um Yeah, look, you, you mentioned uh, about having you know, the option of other platforms like YouTube to, to watch uh, some of the league tournaments, but I, I just can't help but feel that, you know, uh, especially in Cameron Smith's situation, is, you know, he, he's obviously a, he's become an accomplished golfer, very skillful, uh, very humble guy, and we get, you know, we miss out on get to see him play and compete against the best. And, uh, you know, and, and by the time, I, I mean, I know it'll eventually happen. And uh, I just think that there is so much going on in the world of sport that's political now. And most of what we're talking about is, you know, the politics and, 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 and you know, what's, what's ruling the game. And I just, uh, yeah, really, really disappointed because I really took to him. I um, mean, I'm talking about Cameron Smith. And it would have been good to see, to see him, um, you know, fight it out against, all the best, um, and it just might take too long before that happens now. Hey, thanks for the call, John. Uh, greatly appreciated. Um, did anything ring true there for you? Yeah, I, I agree with John. I would love to see Cameron Smith play week in, week out on the events. Um, mm. Unfortunately, whenever I've, well, I've watched the last little bits of the last couple of live golf events and they don't excite me very much as in the format and, and what they're playing for, I'm looking forward to seeing him coming down to Australia at the end of the year. He's going to play our big events, which is yes. massive for Australian golf, and also the majors next year, hopefully, <laughs> if yeah. the majors cooperate. Um, I thought that the finish to the Chicago event, though, was, was pretty exciting. 
You did, yeah, okay. with Dustin Johnson and 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 he fighting it out. I thought there was a, I thought that had that seemed to be like uh, that that felt real mm. to me. Okay, it hasn't in some of the other ones I've watched, but yep. that one felt because they were feeling it. Yeah, there was well, emotion being expressed, and so when it means something to them, other than just the paycheck, I think that you, you buy into that. Well, and, and I started to buy into it. Let's just hope that they're up there every week for the, for well every live golf that. That, that does happen. Hey, um, before we finish up tonight, uh, there's a couple of things that will happen. Uh, we will speak to the CEO of Big Swing Golf. Uh, looking forward to being joined uh, because we love the team at Big Swing Golf. So uh, looking forward to uh, Rob Op- uh, Opidisano f- to joining us. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Nick Ahern's got a big announcement for the uh, Cathedral Invitational uh, and a big name is all set to appear at that. And we'll tap into Nick's knowledge how to play your best golf. He'll give you the tip of the week. In fact, I'm going to ask you for a tip of the week because of something that was happening to me when I was playing on the weekend and I need help. And I reckon this would happen to a lot of golfers. So we'll do that on the other side of this on Off the Tee. Nick Ahern, what is the Cathedral Invitational, please? So it's a fantastic two-day tournament the monday tuesday after the australian open Mm -hmm. 36 hole event it's going to be a bit of a pro-am format the first day so the members will play with the pros and then the second day it will be only pros only about 45 to 50 of australia's best golfers are going to tee it up at the exclusive cathedral country club which is a couple of hours outside of melbourne and we have some big news so just give me some of the names that are already signed up to play already signed. well Nico Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, well, that, I'm, that, that, I'm sold. I'm, I'm at the bottom of the list. Don't worry. No, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate to have some of Australia's best at the moment. Mark Leishman. I mean, talk about one of the big yes. names there. Jeff Ogilvy. Yes. Jason Scrivener, who's done very well yep. over in, uh, on the DP World Tour. Wade Ormsby, a live golfer for you. Thank you very well, much. So we've got some live controversy <laughs> come in, yes. Uh, some more local names like Jared Felton, uh, Dimi Papadados. We, yep. we haven't announced any uh, women golfers as of yet, but they are coming. They will be announced. Great. We just haven't, haven't had final confirmation. Uh, as of yet, but uh, David Evans, who's the chairman of uh, Cathedral Invitational, uh, of the Invitational and the golf club, obviously. Mm. It's his golf club, so he, yes. can, he can sort of say we'll whatever he likes about and... it. <laughs> We've spoken about that before, but he did announce the other day he has been talking to one of Australia's greats uh, in Adam Scott. He has committed to play in the Cathedral wow. Invitational. So That's huge. It's a big, big get in that regard. Uh, this will be broadcast as well. Cathedral Invitational? It will be broadcast after the event. It's going to be uh, broadcast more of as, as a highlights package, but in the future years to come, it will then be obviously a televised live event. Love it. That is a massive announcement. Now, we are very proud to have a new uh, sponsor on board, off the tee, uh, and we have decided because there's a, this is a company that you have uh, had a great relationship with over many, many years. Near and dear to my heart. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ping Golf has been my sponsor for many, many years. Uh, started here in Australia, over in Europe, and then obviously in America when I played over there. Interestingly enough, my book, which we've been doing this tip called How to Play Your Best Golf, well, the Ping logo and the Ping motto is Play Your Best. And I didn't actually realise that until I <laughs> came up with the title. I thought, hang on, we got the Ping title in my books, which is great. So it is only right that when we tap into Nick's knowledge for his tip of the week from his book, How to Play Your Best Golf, that it is all for Ping. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Uh, Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to 
Play your best. So I need a tip this you week. Do. Yeah. So I actually played okay when I was down at Cape Shank on the weekend. We went away for our first ever family holiday together. Myself, the beautiful Evie and, and Charlie Bear. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to just to sneak away uh, to get uh, a few holes in at Cape Shank. Beautiful. Uh, which was apt because there was a few of those as well. But I actually played okay. Apart from those are very, very deep bunkers there. They are. Um, mm-hmm. They're down a mine shaft at times. <laughs> and my score, I think, would have been better by seven if I hadn't have found those bunkers and if I had been able to get out three uh, twice, I had three shots to get out of a bunker. Mm. In fact, it's eight shots. And another time it took me two. Yep. Um, I need some bunker help need in those help. really deep bunkers. Yeah. What am I doing? It's a common story with deep bunkers because what tends to happen is people try and lift the ball out because they think, oh, I've got to get this ball up nice and high. But the thing about bunkers is you want to take some sand, but obviously not too much sand. Which is what I'm doing. Which is what you're doing. now. If, and the reason you're doing it that is probably because you're trying to lift the ball up so you're falling back onto your back leg. So that, then the, the club's hitting the sand probably eight or nine, ten inches behind the ball rather than about three or four inches. So what you need to do is have a nice wide stance when you set up to it. Open the club face. That's very important. So you use the bounce on the back of the sand iron. That's what it's there for. Now, next, what I want you to do is I want you to lean your weight slightly into your left side. So you're actually almost leaning your weight forward. Now, when you swing, I want you to keep your weight there and hit down through the ball. Don't try and lift the ball. That's the real key. If you hit down through the ball, you won't take too much sand, and the loft on the club and the bounce is going to elevate the ball for you to get over that steep lip. And most importantly, follow through, because a lot of people do not follow through. They kind of quit on the shot, and they try and lift it up using their body too much. You've got to trust the fact that the bounce on the club will get the ball out of the sand for you. Now, the other thing at the setup I really want you to do is point the butt of the club at your belt buckle. Don't lean your hands too far forward and let that club head swing past you. Make sure the club head swings past you on the way through. And that'll get you out of the sound every time to help play your best. It is the ping. Use ping golf equipment so you can play your best. So each week when we tap in to Nick's knowledge to how to play your best golf. It is all thanks to Ping. Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to play your best. Use Ping golf equipment so you can play your best golf. Back after this, we'll talk Big Swing Golf with the CEO. Big Swing Golf, indoor golf, it's real, it's fun, it's fast. It is the best golf simulator action that you will find. There is a Big Swing Golf near you. Just get on to bigswinggolf.com.au. Massive screen, selection of exciting virtual game. It delivers a -a one-of-a-kind simulation, fun for golfers, non-golfers alike. To tell us a little bit more about it, we're absolutely wrapped to have this man joining us because he is the CEO of Big Swing Golf, and we greatly appreciate their support on Off the Tee. Rob Opadisano, hello, mate. Hello, Sam. How are you going? Very well, thanks. Um, you have set up a magnificent facility. Um, just tell us a little bit about how people can get involved with Big Swing Golf. Oh, thanks for having me on to start with. Um, but before I answer how you can get involved, maybe I should answer the question of why. Um, yes. So let me take you back a few years. Early In the early days, we hooked up with full swing simulators, and they're known as being the simulator of choice by Tiger Woods, Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. And so through that whole time, we thought we'd be attracting some serious golfers to practice and maybe some play when they're short on time. But what we found was that we're actually much better with social golfers. 
So they get their buddies along to have some fun together. I mean, we, we do still see the serious golfer, but they're more likely to be bringing their friends along for a week of catch-up rather than a beer at the pub. Um, all our venues have a liquor licence, so they're not missing out on anything. It just became obvious that doing an activity while catching out with mates was a pretty attractive combo. Um, so, yeah, making the game more accessible and growing the game has led us to where we are today. Um, I'm sure most of your listeners will know that um, over the past two and a half years, a lot of people have gotten into golf. Um, people are now getting busier again. I mean, I've just come back from three weeks in Europe and going by the amount of accents I heard over there, I'm surprised that anyone was left in Australia. Um, but, but moving on from COVID, I think people are, people are being busy again now, and they're, but they're still keen on playing golf. So indoor golf is becoming discovered in a big way. I mean, it's, it's fast, it's easy, it's cheap, and it's very accessible. Um, so I want to answer your question now about how. We've, we have 21 locations around Australia. So we've recently opened a venue in Mile End in Adelaide. So we have a venue in every state except Western Australia, but uh, watch this space. Um, but the, the easiest way for people to find us is logging on to bigswinggolf.com.au and you'll be able to find a venue close to you. Um, we're open well into the evening in most venues, so we try and make it as easy as possible for people to have a hit. Oh, fantastic, Rob. This is Nick O'Hearn. Uh, great to chat with you this evening. Um, obviously, you know, the, the social benefits that you're talking about, you've got your mates, have a bit, a bit of a beer, have a hit of a golf. Uh, what, you know, what, what more, how much more fun can you get than that, obviously? But uh, I guess a question I've got for you, are there any competitions with, within Big Swing Golf that you can play in? Yeah, absolutely. I think you may have had Bernie on a few weeks ago who was mm. talking about the leagues. Um, I won't elaborate too much on the details. I'm sure your listeners have heard it all before, but I will stress that it's not a serious competition. It's a fun competition. Uh, typically, in, in every group, there's probably a serious golfer who gets a couple of occasional golfers along together with a new golfer and together as a team, they have a blast. It, but though there is, a, in the finals, they are, get a little bit competitive, um, our spring league is just starting now and it's sponsored by Nike with great prizes on offer. So I'll let the listeners reach out to the local BSG venue for more information on those. Uh, well, we are absolutely wrapped to have you on board with us, Rob. And we've got about a minute left before we have to sign off for the evening. So just let people know how they can stay up to date with everything that's happening on at Big Swing Golf. Yeah, sure. So like most businesses nowadays, you can find us online by Googling Big Swing Golf or Facebook or Instagram, all the likely places. But what I want to leave you guys with is, I'm sure you, a lot of your listeners may not know this, but we're not just for golfers. We do corporate functions, birthday parties, bucks parties, lessons, women's golf clinics, and also kids parties. We have 12 other simulated sports. So I won't list them all, but basketball, rugby, soccer, dodgeball, just some of the popular ones. So we really feel we have something for everyone. Yeah, absolutely do. And we're wrapped that you've got uh, your sponsorship and your support with us and, and vice versa. Thanks so much, Rob. We'll speak to you again soon. Sam and Nick, really appreciate you having me. Thanks, uh, bigswinggolf.com.au, more than just golf. Uh, it's indoor golf. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. Nick, I'll speak to you next week. Absolutely. I think we should go down to that Cheltenham venue and have a hit. It's not too far from either of us. Uh, we'll do that and we'll see you this same time next week for Off the Tee. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.